0: to VBAC Birth Stories, a podcast where Australians share their journey to a vaginal birth after caesarean.
1: We are a safe haven for women to share their own VBAC journeys and through these personal experiences educate and empower listeners. I'm your host Mel and I'm your host Steph and this is VBAC Birth Stories.
0: Today, we are joined by registered midwife, nurse, mother, director of Calm Birth, and self-confessed birth junkie, Karen McClay. Karen, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. You know, we've heard firsthand from our guests how Calm Birth Education has helped them on their VBAC journeys, so we're excited to chat to you today and I guess we'd like to start by asking you how did Calm Birth come to be and what inspired you to do what you do? Okay.
2: Well, calm birth was developed by a really incredible man called Peter Jackson, who just happened to be my father. So <laughs> I've had a wonderful privilege of being able to grow up with the philosophy around calm birth, which I think Pete has had his entire career. He very much developed the calm birth program because he saw that there was a real lack in the education of women and in fact, couples around birth and not just at the physical side of things, understanding the physical journey of birth, but very much at that emotional level. Peter's background is one of a registered nurse. So he has got a general registered nurse. He's also a mental health nurse and he's also a midwife. And he originally did his midwifery back when I was four years old. So right back in the early 1970s. And he did that because he needed to get his, in the old days, the three certificates of mental health, midwifery and general nursing to go into management, which the powers that be were pushing him into because he was male if you meet Pete you know he's very much not management he's very much a clinician so didn't ever go into management but at the time that he was doing his midwifery he really found that it was it was kind of like this conveyor belt of women going through and it was very much designed in a way that it was seen as a medical procedure. And he was actually quite traumatized by that journey. So he decided not to stay with midwifery at that time and then went into mental health and spent many, many years in mental health. And then when he moved here to the Southern Highlands in the late 1980s, they saw that he was a midwife and they were desperate. And they said, you know what, we'd love you to come on board as a midwife. And he was like, whoa, I haven't done this for a long time. But dad was always up for a challenge. So he went back into midwifery. And of course, because he needed to upskill again and refresh his training, he really went on a journey of discovery to really find out what it was that he needed to know to assist families transition into that place of parenting. And Because he brought that background of mental health back in with him when he went into midwifery, he could see the emotional journey and how important that was for these families above their physical journey. So he went on to really develop calm birth from that, from all the learnings and all the research that he looked into, but then also delved into the areas of psychology and neurophysiology and and looking at all of that to combine that and say, well, you know what? We know all of this about general life. How does this actually work in birth? And that's then when he realised that it's all intertwined and developed the Cumbeth program from that. Mm -hmm. So it's a very holistic approach, our program, that guides couples on all levels of birth. And I emphasise that it's very much couples as well. And then I very naturally got into the space because of Pete. I was a registered nurse as well and then always wanted to do midwifery but once I had my children and Pete had developed calm birth and I could see the benefits to the couples and the enormous impact that his program was making to the lives of couples not just during birth but actually the rest of their life because what we teach is a lot of life skill. I I couldn't not be part of that. So I went on to do my midwifery training and then become a come educator as well back in 2009, I think it was. Mm. 2009, yeah.
1: I suppose the first time that you fell pregnant, when you came to that situation, having grown up in the birth world essentially, what kind of notions of pregnancy and birth did you already have?
2: Oh, very much that this was a very natural Event, a very normal event for women. But still, there were normal anxieties and stuff. There are a few different things going on for me because I had different things that I was bringing to the table as well at that time. So it was very much a journey of healing for me as well. I guess you could say in the sense that I, you know, I was adopted as a child. So when I fell pregnant with my, with my son, it was very much a journey of, of sort of moving past that as well. So it was mm. a, it was a big thing for me because there was, um, even though at a physical level, I knew that the body could very much do this. There was a lot of other stuff going on my headspace mm. as well. It was a journey of discovery, I think you would say. Mm and really, and healing for me with that birth.
1: Did you ever reconnect with your biological parents or your birth parents on that journey or? No, no,
2: I haven't. I've got my parents who are Mm. incredible and amazing. And so no, I didn't, it was a time where I thought, did I need to, but I realized that that wasn't necessary. And I was very much at peace with all of that, but it was interesting Mm. how that birth came up
1: So your first birth was a caesarean. Can you tell us what happened in that experience?
2: Yeah, it was a caesarean. And do you know what? It was actually, I still see it as a very positive experience. It was a a long labor and my son stayed in a difficult position and just didn't really move down as he needed to. So really interestingly, towards the end there, I actually got to fully dilated and even started to have the sensation of bearing down and pushing, but I stopped it and went, no, nope, I'm tired. My baby's too tired now. I'm done. And and because I'd had a long labor, <laughs> everyone listened to me and said, okay, well, that's fine. And, and I did end up with a caesar. but looking back in hindsight, I really wonder why I stopped and why I not so much gave up. It was just this feeling of, no, I, you know, I can't can't do it. So I did stop it. There are a few things that were going on there. I wonder if there was a little bit of, I was very, very big on really ensuring that my baby knew that I wanted him. And um, I was very big on uh, saying to my partner that um i haven't talked about this before so i'm getting a bit oh, emotional sorry.
1: that's okay <laughs> um, take your sorry. time yeah.
2: yeah yeah just so anyway it was it was very much that but also there was sort of i i also remember too that there was someone who had mentioned forceps in my birth at one point there was an issue around a family member who had the baby had been had trauma from a forceps delivery and as a result had cerebral palsy as a result of that and i think too that was in my head as well and I just kind of went you know I need to stop and so I I remember saying that at the time it was really the right birth for my son and I it absolutely was. But then as I looked back, I thought, well, you know what, that was really a decision that I probably didn't need to make. And particularly when I debriefed actually with the obstetrician afterwards, he actually said, I think you could have done that. And I said to him, well, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> but, um, but at the time, it, you know, that, that's where I went. It was a big journey with Luke and that transition into becoming mother. It was an amazing one too.
1: And the caesarean itself was obviously a positive experience then, would you say, um, in terms of how you came to meet your first baby and how that process all unfolded?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was. And I had a really big support around me. I actually, my husband and I were living in Papua New Guinea at that time. So we actually came down to Australia to to Mm -hmm. hear a barrel to have my baby. So I was birthing in a hospital that my father worked at. My father was there. All, you know, all the caregivers, the obstetrician, the midwives, they had known me since I was a teenager. So I had this real circle around me. So it was a really really positive experience going through it and as I said to you it was a time that I was very much at peace with that decision and I really felt that at the time that was the right decision for my birth for Luke would I have done it differently with the knowledge that I have now absolutely totally and completely but you can only work with what you know at the time and be at peace with that Mm
1: -hmm. that's That's very true
0: yeah with Amy's pregnancy you went on to pursue a VBAC
2: yeah yeah I did I went on and 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 had a very beautiful VBAC birth and again another healing birth for me there because I was able to move past it and get back in touch with that idea that you know I really believed that my body was capable of doing this and I was with a very very supportive obstetrician at the time but again I had to come back to basics again I had to like I say to every woman, every birth is different. So you need to come back. You need to re-educate yourself. And again, I had some more knots that I needed to untie at that emotional level, moving through this second pregnancy and the birth. And I was so lucky and privileged to have the father that I do, who at that time was in the middle of developing the Calm Birth Program. So he was able to really help me make the shift at that subconscious level to Line up with what I was wanting consciously out of birth, which is very much what calm birth is all about, so but still you know, as I'm sure you've experienced with your second birth, there were still wobbles through the births where I remember at one point I've got a little bit of a, a structural issue with my spine, so all my babies would start in the right a good position, but then they would rotate back. To posterior which is what Luke did and Luke didn't change from that position then when Amy rotated back posterior and I knew exactly when she did that because I could feel it I went, oh no she's doing the same thing as Luke did I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this and I rang my dad on the
0: phone, <laughs> said, what do I do
2: and he's going, you know you've got this Karen this is a different baby and a different birth you've got this and I remember him saying that to me I was right, like, yep yeah, okay and he said, just get yourself back down again get yourself back into your positive headspace you've got this start breathing do what you need to do and so i did and um, with the amazing support of the midwife that was there who I can't remember ever really leaving the room she sat with me the entire way and my amazing husband that hosed me down in the shower for I don't know how many hours he did that for with Parker Bell Kennen in the background and I don't think he can really listen to Parker Bell Kennen much anymore because that's what
1: he just played over and, over and over again. Memories.
2: Um, I did it I I got there and of course because it was back like Amy's now 17 years old because it was way back then there was still that movement of you know once women start pushing they need to get on the bed and and I remember sitting on the ball in the shower going oh and and the midwife saying to me are you pushing no. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I just go and go, Ugh. i am just pushing. Nope, 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 I'm not. Because I just didn't I didn't want to be moved from that space and then eventually it became very, very obvious <laughs> that, that I was bearing down and um And then I had to, you know, got up on the bed and went on to birth, Amy, you know, actually really quite quickly, which was good. But it was very interesting because the obstetrician came in and there was that beautiful pause that I now know what was going on, which was just that baby descending down a little bit more where I just had a break between my urge to bear down. And and I remember him saying to me, have you stopped pushing? Have you lost the urge? And then I remember going, (gasps) he can't do a Caesar on me, he's not going to do it. And I just pushed with all my might to get that baby out. And I think I I, I over pushed a little bit there. I remember (laughs) Gus saying to me, I've never never imagined anyone could push as hard as what you did. And it was out of that, no, no, I'm not having a cesarean. Anyway, it all worked out out really, really beautifully at the end. And, and it was a real pat on the back moment for me that it's was like, I did it. Look what my body did. It was amazing. I remember my husband at one point, just as Amy must have been crowning, he was running back and forth looking to see the head crowning and coming to me going, oh, my God, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. I remember my head. And going yeah, no shit Sherlock <laughs> I can feel it
0: I can feel it. I don't need the commentary thing yeah that's right
2: so I don't know if he was saying that to encourage me or more out of excitement of the fact that I was I was doing it from his point of view as well it was quite a funny moment
0: <laughs> it's interesting as well when you were talking about the is it the fight or flight um mm. And say, you know, that feeling, the moment where that obstetrician said that to you, he yes. planted a little seed of doubt. And isn't that in the pushing phase? This is the birth nerd coming out now. Yes. Um, think, I'm thinking yeah. that's yeah. sort of that point where you, you can panic and then you, your body just does what you, what you need to do at that point in time. Yeah. And that's you don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's that fight and flight you think about, you know, I always take my classes, the zebra effect. If you've got a, a zebra who's about to give birth and a lion comes along, she's going to drop that baby so fast so that she can stand and defend because you can't labor and fight off a lion at the mm. same time. And, and women do exactly the same thing. Uh, with it so it's in that moment that it kind of really amplifies what we call that fetal ejection reflex yeah it makes it go boing straight out
1: (laughs) yeah I definitely had that moment too where one of the midwives sort of threatened to take me back to theatre she said Uh, we're going to have to take you back to theatre soon if we don't get this baby out and yeah that sort of elicited that reaction that you spoke about exactly that so
2: yeah. yeah, that's right. It does. So, But it, but it was good. I mean, it helped. And, and, you know, I birthed Amy really quite quickly and with very little tearing or anything like that. So it was a really powerful experience for me. And, again, she she fed straight away, whereas Luke, the feeding with him took a little bit to establish because it had been a very long labour and then the caesarean afterwards, so there were a few issues with that, whereas Ames, straight out, straight on you know and and it's very interesting looking at their personalities now amy's my child that does everything that you ask her to do and she's very very easy whereas luke you can see in his personality; he's always been a sticky beak, and he takes his time with everything. And he, you know, you can just. The see
1: stubbornness that, there. Yeah, the
2: stubbornness <laughs> there, and you can just see the difference in their personalities really coming
0: yeah. out. We love that. We do love talking about that because we find that somehow you you can connect their personalities to the it's, way that they were born. Mm, um, would you say for your third birth? Yeah. yeah. Would you say for your third birth that personality traits also seem to carry on as well for your ah?
2: Absolutely. Claire Bear is our little live wire. And she came into the world on a Saturday night. And I remember that all our support team that we were having that were going to come and look after the kids for us had rung us that morning to say, you know, is everything all good? Are you all fine? Can we go out to our nephew's 21st and our granddaughter's 18th birthday and it's like yeah sure go for it no we're fine not a problem and of course I was tucking my other two up to bed and then all of a sudden I just went oh I don't think Mummy's going to be here in the morning and I got to the door of their bedroom and my waters broke (laughs) and I was like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh (laughs) <laughs> we're we're going to have to go. And and tightening started and I'm on the phone to the hospital saying, you know, my water's are just broken. And they're going, are you sure? You know, we just come in. We might send you home. No, they have definitely broken. <laughs> and my husband was on the phone trying to find someone to come and look after the kids because all the people that we were originally going to had all had too much to drink and couldn't drive a car to come. So we ended up having to get a friend from preschool, <laughs> my son's preschool, to come and look after after it. And that's Claire Bear. She's a party animal, you know, does things as she wants to do it. Um, she comes in her own time when, you know, and does things when she wants to do them. I did end up having the sunroof option with Claire Bear as well, which was very much the best birth for her and for I. And the reason why was because of the scar from my first birth. Two things happened. I had previa, So I had some big vessels from the placenta were coming across my cervix. My placenta was also adhered. To my previous caesarean scar, mm. so it was sort of difficult to come out. So, had I had a vaginal birth, it probably would have ended up in the theatre to have my placenta mm. removed. So, when I did go into labor with her, she was dropping a heart rate from the pressure mm. of those vessels on the cervix. So, again, yeah, disappointing that I didn't get a vaginal birth with that, but at the same time, again, very much a piece because birth is very much about safe mums and safe babies. Mm. And for Claire and I, that was definitely. The safest birth for us,
1: and it sounds like you were definitely at peace and happy with that option. Yeah, um, at the end of the day, so I I think that makes a huge difference.
2: Yeah, if I look at all my births, which one would I choose over everything else? It would definitely be my VBAC birth. The recovery was so much better from that, Mm. and the ease of breastfeeding. Though in saying that, Claire Bear, there was no issue with her breastfeeding as well. In fact. She was even easier than, than Amy Gracie, but it was a difficult transition from a recovery point of view with Claire Bear. Having three little kids or two small kids and a baby, it was, yeah, it was tough going to, to for the recovery side of things.
0: You know how you were speaking about your first birth and how in hindsight, you know, looking back, you'd said you would have done things differently. I was just wondering if you could elaborate a bit on that, like what kind of things would you have done differently oh gosh
2: there's so much the importance of the physical preparation just as much as the emotional and I was very much focusing on my emotional preparation and and look do you know what to be really honest it worked amazingly what I did because I it was a very long labor and and my caregivers had been were amazing they gave me as much time as I needed Um, In fact, probably more time than they would normally give a a woman with with the labour that I was having. So I really felt supported with that and I had a really good headspace around that. But I think the physical preparation was also really important. So I'm very big on, you know, I would get up and move more. Like I was very much on the bed, very much keeping my cool. I would go to the bath, but I really needed to probably rotate my baby a bit more, be upright and move around a little bit more, which was really only just the, the benefits of that were only just starting to be understood at that time in the mainstream part of labour and birth. So, yeah, movement and positioning and really keeping that head and, and understanding and what I needed to do. And I, I wouldn't have stopped. I would have realised. I don't think I would have called for the Caesar. I think I would have known that I'd done it and know what to do. So, mm. But hindsight's amazing. Isn't it? It's, it's,
0: it's so amazing.
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things that is just so important is to look back and learn from that hindsight, but not beat yourself up around your decision making because you made the best decisions for you then and there, and that that was the right thing. You shouldn't be using that hindsight critically to put yourself down. I think every woman who gives birth is a goddess and is amazing because the strength it takes to give birth in any which way is phenomenal and women should really be very proud of themselves no matter how their births unfolded for them and when they look back in hindsight if they think that they could do it better that next time that's great but but don't do it critically to yourself don't put yourself down because you did amazing the first time around as well Mm -hmm.
0: Very true. That's good advice. Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I suppose I did want to know what the point of difference was between Calm Birth and all of the other birth preparation courses.
2: Yeah, Calm Birth is very much a holistic program. So, as I said sort of a little bit earlier on, we're we're a program that takes in in everything that encompasses birth. So, very much look at the headspace of a woman, but also very much educating around the physical aspect of birth because they're very much connected and that's a lot what we talk about in cum is that mind-body connection where you can't separate our thoughts and our feelings from our physical experiences in any situation and birth is almost like someone's holding a microscope up to that mind-body connection because you can really see it unfolding on the day when you're working with women probably the biggest part that affects a woman's way that she births is her headspace. And that comes from her own belief systems, but it also comes from the belief systems of the people who are around her. So our program is not just for the birthing mothers, but it's also very much for their partners as well, because I'm a big believer that if we've got people who are holding that circle for women in that birth space, well-educated and understanding what they're working with and being able to Provide what I call that safe, calm and private and respected environment, then women are going to birth so much better physically, but most importantly, their emotional journey of birth is going to be so much safer for them. And that vulnerability that can often creep in in birth doesn't tend to come in, rather their, their courage shines, their strength shines in that space when they're being held up and well supported. Probably the biggest point of difference is calm birth has a really powerful healing component to it as well. So we're very big on knowledge. Knowledge is a great antidote to fear, but also understanding that a lot of those knots that I was talking about earlier, that need to be untied are things that we've learned over a lifetime that have been laid down in the memory part of us, which is in our subconscious mind. So, and often they can override even what our conscious thinking is. So it's not enough just to tell women, don't be frightened of birth. You've got to really make sure you're helping them to untie those old learnings and experiences that they may have had that may come up to perhaps override that belief in themselves that they can do it. So Mm. it's about reframing. We help Couples, and I say couples because partners themselves bring their own belief systems and at times their own fears into that space as well. It's about helping them to reframe those ideas on all levels, conscious as well as subconscious. And that's probably our biggest point of difference is that our program and the way it's structured, the tools that we teach and particularly the relaxations that we do have got a very powerful healing component to it, which is why it makes it so valuable not just for first-time couples, but in fact for women and partners who have birthed before. I always encourage women who have had any form of trauma previously in a previous birth or even if they haven't had trauma if it's not quite gone to plan so women who are going for v i think doing really good quality education that can help them untie the knots of their first birth and reframe and and get that confidence back at all levels is really important and and that's probably the thing that really took me into calm birth apart from the fact that it was my dad doing it and my yearning to really help women it was from my own journeys going, you know what, I know that if I knew this a different way, I would do it in a different way. And and that's what it's about. It's really helping those couples move past those old belief systems and change it up for confidence and really belief mm. in themselves and each other mm. as well. So it's about team building also. Mm.
1: I think particularly with VBATS it's important to acknowledge the fears as you were saying and work through those things rather than ignoring or pretending Mm -hmm. that we don't have fear.
2: Absolutely. And even women whose births went exactly how they wanted them to and they came away with really positive experiences, there's still things to look at and and think of and and reframe even moving into their new birth because often they'll have ideas because we'll have couples coming back to us second time around to either do the full course or our refresher program and they will you know they'll say you know we had such an amazing birth last time that we want to make sure we're going to have the same birth this time so the fear is more well what happens if this birth doesn't turn out as great as what the last birth did and so really there's always from every angle some sort of little anxiety which is really normal i think we really need to normalize these feelings and to say that they're not even though they feel negative they're not negative they're just saying to us I need to gain a little bit more information here. I need to be able to move through this and find my confidence in this. And what can I do to do that? So that's very much where Calm Birth helps them to achieve that. I guess our other big point of difference there too, is that the vast majority of us are midwives, registered midwives and practicing doulas. So we all know birth very intimately at all levels. A lot of us are mothers. Some of us are you know about to come mothers so we're bringing a lot of knowledge into that space which we always come into quite humbly as well because we always acknowledge the life experience that the couples are bringing into that space as well so they're expert in their own lives and their own skills and we're just there to really i think if anything else show them what they already have to do this to rise to this amazing challenge and and when they can do that it really sets a strong foundation for them to launch themselves off into parenting which we know those of us who have had babies know that that brings a lot of challenges <laughs> as well and, and, the, and the skills that we teach at cumbers really help to move into that space as well and make the most of it
0: Mm -hmm. For couples who have experienced a traumatic previous birth, does calm birth have anything specific to offer them in terms of moving forward or is it sort of encompassed in the course itself?
2: It's very much encompassed in the program itself, would always advise that couples do some debriefing if they've had a traumatic birth before they fall pregnant again. And then our course is very much geared to preparing them for their next birth. So, all right, let's move on from that last birth now and let's prepare for the next birth. A lot of our educators are very happy to sit down individually with these couples and have a debrief about them. And certainly even in my classes that I do, which I run them over a full weekend, I will often spend lunch, breaks and morning tea and afternoon breaks just having a little chat with them but our theory with calm is very much about untying those knots and now moving forward and no longer thinking about what we don't want but really now moving forward to what we do want. And often by the time that couples get to us, they have often debriefed their births previously with their midwives that they're caring with now, or even with some counsellors as well. But we're very much able to point them into the right direction to support them. Some of our most powerful stories and feedbacks that we've had are from couples who have had previous traumatic births and have been able to move on to create very, very different experiences next time around. And again, being a couple program, that's important because people don't often acknowledge that the partners will often experience that trauma as well. So they've got to move past that
0: sounds like it's really good for partners. It just gives them that opportunity to be seen, I guess.
2: So it gives them, when you see them sitting in the room and so many light bulb moments come on for them where they can go, oh, wow, well, actually we did that well. Or you know what? We didn't have that or we didn't do that or that's going to be really important to us this time. So they kind of almost self-debrief as well. It's a very gentle program. So it's not like they come in and do this massive therapy session and all this trauma gets brought up. That's not what Calm is about at all. It's a very gentle way to help them rediscover what their abilities are and their trust in themselves and each other.
1: Do you have any parents who perhaps they're, going the elective cesarean route and doing your course or perhaps they're going for a v-back but wanting to prepare for the option of a cesarean how do you prepare parents for that possibility or that pathway
2: so calm birth is not about how women give birth it's about their experience of birth and creating a positive birth Experience So very much in our program, we talk about all different birth journeys. Yes, we talk a lot about the normal physiology of birth, but as I say to all my couples, it's really important that you understand the normal physiology because when you understand that, you can work with any birth journey. But then we very much go into inductions of labor, caesarean sections, all different pain relief options, all of that so that they feel very much prepared. And in fact, I'm actually in the process. We've almost got it done. We're just trialing it at the moment. We do have a... A caesarean specific program that's coming out for women who know they're having an elective caesarean that's just going to be tailored to them specifically but certainly women who have VBACs or even women who have got low-lying placentas or you know there's lots of different potential options that they're facing At the end of their pregnancy, coming and doing the Calm Birth Program, they find really valuable because it gives them an opportunity to really think about what they're wanting, the questions that they need to ask to make fully informed decisions around their birth and go on and create the best birth for them and their babies.
0: And you're back to doing face-to-face, is that right?
2: Yes, we are, which is so lovely, uh, mm. even though Zoom was amazing, like it really enabled us to continue to do the work that we do. Being face-to-face, you just can't replace that, you know, that connection that you have and the ability to, as an educator to build out rapport with your class even more so even though it was still good on zoom to be able to do that you can really do that face to face and then they Mm. connect in with each other so much more as well and build their little village so yeah face to face we're back which is really great (laughs) that's great
1: so i suppose we wanted to know what's next for calm birth in terms of your hospital integration both in australia and new zealand there's some exciting things happening in new zealand for you did you want to talk us through some of that
2: so over the past few years, we've been moving into hospitals where we're becoming part of their normal antenatal offering. And this has been really exciting. And in fact, this is something where actually the hospitals have approached calm birth as opposed to calm birth approaching them because the midwives and the obstetricians very much see the benefits of our program to their couples and they're wanting to offer it. Our flagship hospital, which has been the Royal Hospital for Women, we've been there since 2011. Dr. Jane Svensson, who is head of antenatal education there has been doing sort of a longitudinal study now on calm birth and its effect with women and it's very close to being published which is really exciting and there's also a registrar at the Royal Women's who's been doing a study across all the antenatal offerings in their area health and Calmbirth was one of them so that research is about to come all these they got delayed a little bit because of COVID but that's going to be coming out soon and that was very favourable towards Calm there as well but our big exciting thing at the moment and again it's it's in its infancy is that Auckland District Hospital approached us they're taking up an initiative to reduce their cesarean rates and intervention rates. Again, as, as part of the antenatal offering with the idea that by doing our program that couples will be able to work with birth much more and reduce those intervention rates, which is certainly what Jane Svensson's study have been showing. Our is very much evidence-based, everything we teach, we ensure that there's really good solid evidence around it and supporting it. Um, but it's also really nice to have, have strong evidence to support our actual program, which is on its way out which is is really exciting
1: thank you so much for sharing such a personal story your birth stories with us and your wealth of knowledge in the area i think it's something that our listeners will be very interested in hearing all about so thank you for that and thanks for your time today it's a pleasure,
2: and thank you for having having me. And it was actually quite a big thing. I've never actually really shared my stories before, so it <laughs> sorry was, to put you on the yeah, spot you know, so with that. <laughs> no, it was, it was
0: it was quite therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we feel honoured to help you share it. Yeah, um, and so for our listeners, for information on calm birth. We've got your website, which we will include in the show notes, which is mm-hmm. calmbirth.com.au. You're also active on social media. So mm-hmm. you've got your Instagram account. Just search for Calm Birth uh, on Facebook as well. And also you've got a podcast. Do you do that regularly?
2: Yeah, regularly enough. I'm still learning <laughs> Still learning. The, learning what we do, but it's called Calm Birth Conversations and it's very much talking about experts in the field of birth about different topics and helping couples to make informed decisions around their birth journeys and parenting as well. So we cover often speak to parenting experts as well. So yeah, it's it's very much about informed decision making and choice, which is my favourite word in birth is choice because there, there's so many women who don't realise they have choice around yeah. their next birth and it's really important to be really starting to make those decisions ahead of time, isn't it, Before mm. you and looking into it and doing your research and getting caregivers that fit with the philosophy of what yeah. you're working and, and are really supportive on that journey for women. Yeah. So I think what you're doing is a really wonderful thing. We're That's very much right. aligned in that sense, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and calmness. Absolutely. thanks again Karen no thank, you. thank you for thank having you. me thanks for listening to this bonus episode of VBAC Birth Stories sponsored by Calm Birth if you would like to feature on our podcast please email your interest to vbackbirthstories@gmail.com. at gmail.com if you like the show Please subscribe and feel free to leave a review if you would like to connect with us on social media you can find us on instagram and facebook just search for VBAC birth stories
1: vback birth stories is a podcast where we share women's lived experiences please be advised that it's not intended to replace medical advice if you have any concerns at all during your pregnancy please always speak to your healthcare provider